that's just nice and loose. Everything. Really? Every, everything. At 81, yes. Everything. Yes, including my morals. <laughs> On. Hello, Beryl. I mean, Miff. Hello, Miff. <laughs> Hello, Zan. <clears throat> My voice actually sounds a bit like Beryl today. I've had a coffee for the first time in about four weeks, so I am happy. You're bugging out. You look like a little squirrel. Yeah. A little squirrel who's been gnawing on your little coffee nuts. Yeah, I'll be gnawing on the desk in a minute. <laughs> I want to take off a month from coffee to feel the way that you're feeling right now. I needed it. You um, look wired. I am. It's, a, it's a weird. I'm sweating. We're going to go and see after Bang On today. We're going to a movie. I thought we were going to a disco. <laughs> well, I'm worried that you're not going to be able to sit still for two and a half hours. Oof, I'm scratching everything. It's all on. <laughs> oh, my God. Oof, coffee. Wow. Maybe mm. you're just excited because it has been a very big week for you, mm. but none as big as the monarchists and royal watchers of Australia. Love it. <laughs> he does have cars, women, and fancy clothes. It's true. It's he all does. true. He does. Uh, it's the other prince, Prince Harry. He's here for the Invictus Games, which is awesome. And I've got to say that his stewardship of this, um, in terms of both setting up the Invictus Games and then promoting it around the world, is pretty amazing. It's such a good, you know, I guess, realization of life after injury for all the people in the armed forces who have served and been injured um, and are not as able-bodied as they once were to find, you know, another outlet for their sportsmanship. So that is awesome. But there's so much focus on the royals this week in their visit, isn't it? So much royal talk. And, yes, I think Harry and Meghan do do good things. I think that's we worked that out from the wedding. Yeah. Whereby so much of that service was dedicated to making reference to other cultures, to charities. Uh, You know, they're, they're a good deed couple. They're woke. Yeah, they're very woke and in a way maybe changing the way the royals are. I mean, still part of me goes, yes, you're doing it all on taxpayers' money. You damn well should be. But it's it's kind of nice to have a couple like that. After that wedding, I felt really good. I was like, yes, you can do these things yeah, and the get system through. works, doesn't it? And they get keep through. you feeling warm and, and fuzzy. Yeah, that's true and that's the whole point. So part of it is a little bit conflicted as much as I love what they're doing. I'm still conflicted because it's their job to make us feel this way so they stay in a job because they exist on taxpayers' money. The other thing is that as from as much as they are trailblazers in some ways of the royals and they do things their own way, looking at this royal tour, I just feel like there's a glitch in the matrix. I'm on this feedback loop because it is exactly the same as every other royal tour to Australia. They arrive. It's the tour of the Sydney Opera House. It's the little girls holding out flowers. And I know I sound like a cynical, cranky old bitch right now, but seriously, it's just the same thing mm. over and over and over, you know. Although they are going to Dubbo and Fraser Island, so, you know. So have there never been any royals in Dubbo before? Probably not, I'd say. Three. Oh, yeah, three. they see that every t- three times, Bang Boy's, Bang Boy's every time. Bang Boy's the royalist in the room. Maybe they just have had the same person in the palace working out their their itinerary. Maybe it's flight centre to blame. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, <it's> like... <laughs> maybe Beryl's booking the flights. Oh, look, I've seen Dubbo. Dubbo's a really nice place. Um, we'll go there. They've got a zoo. It's like that travel agent that um, keeps on booking the Kentucky tours, even mm. though they're no longer cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you haven't caught up with what other things there are to be seen in Australia. It just felt very repetitive to me. No, see, I think the. Des- I'm very cynical. You are very cynical, <laughs> and look, you have every right to be. To be honest, it's a, uh, 
you know, it's weird gear, the Royals. It really <laughs> is. And the fact that they are in charge of us still is slightly odd to me. But I love Harry and Meghan. I can't get enough of them. <laughs> I'm obsessed with them. Um, and you know what they do do, which makes me really happy, and I didn't know about this until this week. Obviously, it's we're doing Sprog Watch which is the pregnancy watch with Megan um, announced wearing a very subtle white dress to pronounce the, the, the added curves. I, look, seriously, it was, yeah, I, I didn't see anything and I'm probably nine months pregnant compared to that. But, um, I'm not actually pregnant. But <clears throat> in the, if I could look like that, that would be it. Um, and, and also fashion watch yes. because with or the royal fashion watch royal fashion watch <laughs> with the royals it's very important it's not just they don't just get you know dressed by a stylist and it's all everything they choose has to represent something and they're, mm. they're doing you know again they're doing their woke clothing choices megan's been fantastic in that respect australian designers and it is good for local business it's really good mm. um she wore a pair of jeans in Dubbo to the zoo, very appropriate pair of jeans in case you come across a hippopotamus who puts a bit of hippopotamus shit on you. Um, it's good to have jeans on in that situation. But the pair of jeans that she wore was ethically sourced jeans from a Mount Tambourine business called Outland Denim that trains and employs Cambodian women who have been rescued from human trafficking. Oh, wow. So really good clothing choices. And drawing attention to a business that I had never heard of. Exactly. Um Next level, though, mm. as a royal, they're not allowed to have any freebies, which is good. It's no like, free fashion. It's a bit like working at the ABC. You can't take anything <laughs> for free, which sorry, I find sorry. endlessly frustrating. Being a royal is a bit like working at the ABC. It's a bit like you have to <laughs> declare everything. You've got to write that little email at the end of the month saying, I declare this if they get it. But so Every morning that, I pick what tiara I'm going to wear before my show. Yeah. I'm, well, <laughs> that's just every day, isn't it? Standard. Yeah. But. I love to imagine that she's sitting up on Netta Porter with a glass of wine right at night <laughs> or boo-boo.com and going, what am I going to wear in Australia? <laughs> and then making some really irrational purchases. They can accept a pair of baby Ugg boots from the Governor-General Peter Cosgrove, mm-hmm. who might I say had to send someone to run out and get a gift when he suddenly realised that she was <laughs> they were arriving at the Governor-General's what, residence. What did they give her? They, a little baby pair of Ugg boots That's and cool. a, and a um, plush kangaroo, which is what everyone wants today as a baby toy. Yeah. So they can accept the little Ugg boots, but they can't accept any fashion. No, no fashion. No free fashion for oh the Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Shocking. I know. Shocking. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know, she would have regretful late midnight purchases <laughs> and can't remember. The, oh, my God. Three that. weeks later, arriving at Kensington Palace. What's this package? <laughs> did I? Hang on. Did I do that? Did that only happen to me? <laughs> Speed seduction in the magazine. Endless pleasure in limousine. In the bag, shakes a tambourine. Nicotine from a silver screen. Speed seduction. A big news week in magazine town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the last of magazine news, really, once the closure of Clio magazine, Dolly magazine, and now Cosmo magazine. Australian Cosmopolitan magazine has been shut down as of this week. I'm actually, I didn't realise they were still running, but maybe no. that's because that's my, you know, that's the whole point, isn't it? No one, no one is one buying, buying magazines them. anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe no one is buying those type of magazines, mm. I think is probably more the point. Uh, a lot of that sort of women's interest stuff has moved so solidly online mm. that there's just no point for it being 
in print editions. And, it, and and the slack has been taken up by, like, even think about Sunday magazines. Yeah. The kind of magazines like Stella magazine, they, they cover that personality, um, celebrity interview. They do a lot of beauty stuff. And, yeah. And you get that with your newspaper now. Well, it's funny you should mention that and also the online thing because I was reading an article about the – talking to a few of the past editors of Cosmo magazine, including Mia Friedman, who, of course, left the magazine in 2005 and then yeah. a couple of years later set up Mamma Mia, yeah. you know, and that's because she saw that – people's you know buying habits were changing and she decided you know the content they still want but they don't want it in a paper form for 6.95 or whatever I'm going to put it online and another one of the editors is now the editor of, of, of Sunday Life as well but back in the day and you and I both grew up in a time where these magazines ruled where mm. that was you, you'd buy it the day it went on sale maybe if you had enough money you'd subscribe every year and Cleo Cosmo and Dolly all the way up until the early 2000s, were the only source of media for women. There was nothing else like it for Mm. just us, which was pitched to us, which was not just about fashion and beauty tips, but which was about issues like Dolly Doctor, which was spoken about before, a lifeline in terms of trying to figure out what the hell's going on in my body and what does this mean and who do I ask? I can't ask my parents. I don't have an older sister. And there was nothing else like that, whereas now, of course, you know, with the internet, among other things, there's a million other outlets. But back then, that was the only thing we had. Yeah, and look, not I won't say that everything that they did was great in terms of women's empowerment. There was a lot of stories in those days that were about, you know, how to please your man and all of that business. When you look back at some of those old mags and you go, whoa, was that really the case? Did they really, you know, had a, had, had a, it was a bit backward, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the most forward thinking uh, a lot of the time. I think it improved significantly as it went down the track and we got more woke as you, as we used that word earlier. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's just time for stuff like that. But a lot of journos got their start there. And I think they feel very sad about it. I stopped reading them because they didn't make me feel good about them myself. Mm. And I think it's, you know, I think the only thing, when I think about those magazines, I remember when I was very young, Dolly did was a lifeline to me and I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for that. But then when I was going through my, you know, those like critical painful teenage years when you're just comparing yourself to everyone else and when I opened the pages of those magazines and all these girls looked nothing like I looked I was super paranoid about how pale and freckly I was and I had hair that I couldn't control and all this stuff and then I'm looking at these girls who just look like they've got not a care in the world and it just made me you know go into these pits of self-loathing and it just I didn't want to it took me a while to realize okay stop buying these magazines because they're making you feel bad much the same as it took me way too long to realize stop buying bloody who weekly because sure, it's a nice little bit of fashion catch up, but looking at all these celebrities just makes me feel crap about my own life. But I don't have fond feelings and memories of Cosmo and Cleo because it wasn't my tribe. It felt like Dolly was a real connection and maybe it was a time of life. But Cosmo and Cleo, it always felt like that was the magazine full of the girls who were in the Worked cool... Worked at Sports Girl. Sport... Worked at Sports Girl, <laughs> exactly. And with a cool group at school that would, you know, be two-faced to you and make you feel completely ostracised. I felt ostracised with those magazines. So I've got mixed feelings about Cosmo closing. I think that it's impossible, close to impossible these days to run print media. You've got to have... And that a- makes me sad to see the closure yeah. of something like this. It does actually say... The, the clock has ticked to its, you know, final death knell. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. yeah. But I think that, you know, I agree with you on the topic of a lot of people talk about how empowering and particularly Mia Friedman always talks about this. Uh, yeah, there were things that happened that were empowering, but, you know, the, the images you were selling were, in from my memory, young 15-year-olds and feeling like, you know, 
absolutely worthless at some points in my life, opening that magazine didn't make me feel empowered. Oh, Sam, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, I'm all right now. I just never opened it. I... <laughs> Except for the sealed section on how to make your man feel good. Oh, my good. God, yeah, that's true. How to, <laughs> how to give a blowjob 15 ways. I didn't even know what a blowjob was. Why do you need 15 ways? Well, apparently you do. They were good, the sealed section. I'd say three to five tops and even five's pushing it. (laughs) I know. How many ways can you suck it? (laughs) I thought of you when I saw this, Mifanwe, because it's fashion and it's art. And we've talked about this before. Some people would know that you have quite the pedigree in visual art. Mm. You know your shit. Mm. You're trained. Yes. You're classically trained. Classically trained. <laughs> that is correct. Um, so when I saw, obviously, the story that ran a couple of weeks ago about this amazing moment where a Banksy painting shredded itself uh, right after it had been sold for more than a million pounds at Sotheby, someone has recreated that moment and created an incredible piece of fashion, which is art. With that image printed on a T-shirt and then the bottom of the T-shirt has shredded. So it's kind of just like these tendrils of T-shirt. So it looks like a crop top, top, but yeah, just fashion shredded bits of the bottom. It's so genius. It's genius. It's genius. And that's fast fashion because (laughs) it's it's responding immediately. Um, And it also references, you know, how these days it's no longer other models that are influencers. It's people on the street. People on the street are the ones with the fashion these Mm. days. And that's like, that was just a regular person who did that. just did it, yeah. I thought that was quite genius, actually. So good. I actually saw just before we came in to record that there was a video posted uh, where Banksy has posted the kind of making of this frame. And he said basically... Uh, quote, in rehearsals, it worked every time. And it shows him that putting together this frame with the shredder in it and in the rehearsals, it completely shreds the painting. But obviously it stopped just before it finished the job at Sotheby's. But when I was looking at that, I was like, hang on a minute. That's a pretty thick frame to get a shredder in. That would have metal parts. There'd be scanners surely coming into Sotheby's. Surely they knew what was going on. Want to hark back to my professional past? Uh, oh yes, please. Art curatorial studies. Mm. Um, I'm glad you got your glasses on because I do take you more seriously you. with them on. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I like to be taken seriously. It doesn't happen very often, but I like it. It feels good. Um, when any work would go into, say, a Sotheby's or any kind of auction house, every part of it would be examined from the yeah. frame upwards. There is no way the art house wasn't in on this. There is no way that nobody knew about it, which is kind of brilliant but also a little bit distressing depending on what side of the camp you're on. It's brilliant in that... And who's paying for the painting. And who's paying for the painting. (laughs) I mean, essentially, it's either a big, massive F you to the art world or it's actually just added value to a painting, tripled it uh, or, you know, quadrupled the value of an artwork that was already very expensive anyway, which Mm. goes into the coffers of Banksy. So it's whether or not you... What camp you decide... To choose, it's either or with that one, and I'm really not too sure. Um, I I loved what it did because it had everybody talking about art. And when do we sit around and talk about an art piece and and what we think? And you know, it becomes a focus. And I think that's really important in these times. It's nice to have a distraction like that to tell us who we are, and you know, for us to to mull over what we think. I love that, but yeah. at the same time. 
is it just another exercise in making Banksy some more coin, or the op- or the or the auction house more coin? I don't know. I don't know where it. Is. What I don't know where that one lands. It was already sold and it's gone up in value. Mm. So whether it stays up in value after this, and who knows where it'll land. But yeah, it it's is. Up um, in, it went. It's up in value significantly. Regardless of whether we're being. You know, the wool's been pulled over our eyes by Sotheby's where they're all in cahoots and we're all idiots. I I agree with you. I think the fact that everyone's talking about this and reflecting on it and laughing at it. And questioning the art questioning world. Questioning it. Or the, biz- or the business of the art world anyway. It's fun. Yeah. Anyway, life is stupid. Yeah. That's just a reminder that life is stupid. <laughs> you make me live? The wonderful Queen. So excited to hear about this, Sandro. Is you're banging on about it? The brand new Freddie Mercury film, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, yes. and it's not coming out for another week and a half or so. It's going to be released in Australia on November the first. But it's been in my frontal lobe because this week I had a chat with Rami Malek, who plays Freddie Mercury and who many people would know as Elliot in Mr. Robot. That's pretty much his most well-known role. And this role is got to be one of the roles of a career, you know, defining role of his career, playing Freddie Mercury in this Queen biopic, which has been years in the making. Sasha Baron Cohen was attached to it. Apparently he fell out with the band. He would have been amazing too, I reckon. Mm. But Rami's got that incredible chiseled jaw. And while he's quite petite in real life compared to Freddie, who was a giant really when you think about it, um, he, you fall into the character of watching Rami as Freddie Mercury on screen. He looks amazing in the trailer. He just really like I, I got to interview him this week, and when I was asking him about the how he learned all Freddie's manner, mannerisms, he studied Freddie intensely, but he also studied the family tree of people who had influenced. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. So he was looking at videos of Jimi Hendrix, of Liza Minnelli. Looking at the way that Aretha Franklin sung and just the mannerisms of these different performers who Freddie Mercury had grown up and idolised, learned how to do boxing because Freddie grew up and learned how to be a boxer, which is why he was, you know, kind of literally punched his way through some of those performances. So it's just really interesting when you think about a, a guy like Freddie Mercury and a band like Queen who just feel like they've been part of the fabric of our lives, our whole lives. Then you get this insight and you watch a film and you hear things that you never have before. And best of all, you fall into a character and you forget you're watching an actor do it. You're just watching Freddie Mercury on stage. It's really fun. It's one of those fun, big screen, really expensive looking. Obviously, all the music is there, fun biopics. And it does skate across their whole career. Um, So it's sort of, you know, there's not a deep dive into anything, but it's it's a really fun romp. Go see it. Go see it at the cinema too. Yeah. You know how much I Big love the screen. cinema, but just you want to be consumed by something like yeah. that. And you'll just want to listen to the best of Queen as I have been for the last week. And it's a really sad story too, isn't it? It's yeah. a tragic story, so yeah. Tragic. It just reminds me whenever there's films as well that, uh, you know, deal with the AIDS crisis, it's something that we grew up with again and it felt like, it. you know, it was the plague. And now it's something that can be a treatable disease that people live with. But at the time it was just consumed whole communities and you're reminded of that. It's just tragic. Entire generations were wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fantastic, this film. Bohemian Rhapsody, a lot of fun. Rami is excellent. Miffy, what are you banging on about this week? Oh, Bojack Horseman. Oh! I love the new series. I watched season five in 
day. I think I adored it so much. Now, Bojack Horseman, if you're not familiar, it's an animation and it's about a famous horse. I know, it sounds weird, who was in a 90s sitcom. It was very famous in the 90s and the whole series is about him re-establishing himself as a very middle-aged, ex-famous horse. And <laughs> Isn't he half horse, half man or no, is he full horse? Uh, no, he's half horse, half man. Um, the voice is Will Arnett. Look, it sounds really really bizarre but it's actually not once you once you go with the horse you're fine this series series five is genius bojack is starring in a tv series like true detective so he's coming back he's getting his new fame again and his credibility is back but the entire series is actually a show about the me too movement it's about men's accountability it's about the role of women not just in hollywood but in in Me Too situations, the impact of speaking up, there's grief, there's an entire episode which is just Bojack doing a monologue at his mother's funeral and it is nuts. I've never seen anything like it. The whole episode. The entire episode and you don't even know what's going on as it's happening. Is this going to be? the? It is and it's so great. Wow. Um, and then asexuality comes up as a plot line. Women of a certain age wanting children comes up. as It's, it's nuts how good it is. Can I dive in because I've – Dibble dabbled in Bojack over the years, but I've never watched entire series. Can I come in at series five and just get on board? I don't know. I, maybe not the right answer. <laughs> you gotta give me an easy. I don't know because I've seen all of them, and I just you know some of them are a bit hit and miss. But maybe give it a try. <laughs> give it a try. Beryl says yes. Like there's some condescending tone. Yeah, go on, Zen. Give it a go. Give it a go. No, oh, it's, you it's... won't really get much out of it, but sure, give it a go. Look, you might. <laughs> struggle with a few of the characters and and because it's a bit weird yeah weird and intricate but gee it's good it's really good all right i'll get on board i promise so the next time you see us we'll be live and when i say see i mean here because bang on live has sold out we're doing it this coming sunday october the 21st depending on when you're listening to the podcast and the next episode is going to be bang on live on stage with dj trigger with special surprises with a fashion parade. And this mm. is the part where you. if you've got tickets to Bang On Live, we want you to turn up in your best slash worst slash wildest denim to take part in a fashion parade. There or, will be prizes. Or not turn up. Just bring it along and you can get changed because I totally understand if you're too embarrassed to wear some of this fashion because I wouldn't be seen dead in most of it. <laughs> so bring it along. Let us know you've got it and then we can include you. Yeah, and you can get in changed. fashion parade. Yeah, just bring it with you. So... With your fashion finery, it's got to be denim because we all know, fact, denim is the true trailblazer of fashion. Yeah, denim is fashion. Denim is fashion. Mm. It's fashion. And we're going to be doing a fashion parade uh, on Sunday, your best and worst, and we'll have prizes involved. So very excited. It's just a few more days. You must sleep. It's going to be wild. I'm really excited. And we're going to be making badges on Friday night. We're going to have a badge making Champagne dinner. Mm. Um, so Hopefully some, we'll get some made. Second edition Bang Fan badges, here's how you get them. Last time you posted them out to everyone, 100 of oh, them, that, that was, you wrote them. That was painful. <laughs> I remember that now. You wrote the addresses, as bless you, before I told you that I could have printed them off on a computer. <laughs> Everybody loved the, the, the bespoke nature of those <laughs> envelopes. This year we're making it a bit more simple. If you're coming to Bang On Live, the first 100 people through the door will get a limited edition, second edition I'm in the Bang Fan badge. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a hundred. I'm not sure how many. <laughs> I'm not sure how many we'll actually get to with the badge machine. It just depends on other distractions. But yeah, I promise there'll be some with some cheesy grease fingers on them. Most, grease fingers, greasy them. cheese fingers on them. <laughs> cheesy grease fingers. 
Yeah, so lots to look forward to. So excited. Can't wait to be there. Can't wait to hang with the Bang Fam. Bang Fam reunion this Sunday, next week on the podcast. I'll see you then. Bye. (laughs) Bye, Beryl. Bye. on do you get the get that because the next time you see me i'll be dead if you're watching this i'm dead then no (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) hell if i had to explain it to you then i'm not cut that out no leave it in i love it (laughs) double j